0: You can be seated in the presence of the Lord this morning. What an honor it is to be back at Oasis. Most of y'all, some of y'all are new here. This is home to me. You may not have ever seen me here, but uh, this is a place where uh, I really felt like God launched me from. Um, I've been running with Apostle Tim and Pastor Carol for over a decade now, and uh Apostle Tim has really been a spiritual father in my life that pulled things out of me that I didn't even know were there. He saw potential when I saw nothing. And uh, he's allowed me to just attach myself to him and just run, try to keep up with a, with a man who's been doing this for 30, 40, 40-plus 40 years. Uh, and that, even, at my, even though I'm bald at my young age, it's hard to keep up with Apostle Tim. We've been all over the place together. First time I went hunting with Apostle Tim, uh, he told me to meet him on a certain day and we went to the, this, I mean, the deepest part of the country you've ever been in your life. Uh, no cell phone service, I don't even know if they had running water in these areas. And I said, okay, where are we gonna hunt at? He said, we don't start by hunting. He said, first we take a day to figure out the land. So him and I just, I wanted to, I wanted to just go for it, you know. I, I just wanted to go kill something. <laughs> No, we got to figure this out. And I saw how a pioneer thinks. Because I was just gung-ho. I was ready to go. You know, he said, no, just let's figure this out first. Let's put together a plan. And he sort of settled me down. And he taught me that I don't always have to just go into everything full force. Sometimes it's okay to put a plan together. I'm so thankful today for Apostle Tim, who he is to me. I'm so thankful for Pastor Carol, who she is to me. They've been such a blessing to my life and to your life. And I'm honored to be here this morning. Uh, Pastor Carroll said that they have water and that they have flashlights in case of an emergency. One thing that, that Apostle Tim has to have that he won't survive without, you better get some coffee. Because <laughs> if you see him drinking out of a cup of coffee, that stuff's not liquid. It's syrup. It's the deepest, darkest thing you've ever had in your life. first time he made me a coffee, man, I took a drink of it and I I didn't know if it was the anointing or if the dude really knew how to make some dark roast go, you know. So he's got to put some coffee in that. He's a thirsty man. He's a thirsty man. Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 6. The Bible says this in the New King James Version. And seeing the multitudes... He, being Jesus, went up on a mountain. When he was seated, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and... What's that word? Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Today I want to preach to you a sermon that I've entitled, Thirsty. Father, I thank you for what you're doing in this house, Lord. Lord, I see your hand of acceleration in this place, Lord. I see what you're doing. I see that you've given a mouthpiece to the nation from this stage, from Middletown, Ohio, Lord, that you've projected a light into darkness. And I understand that the goal of the enemy is to silence and to quench the light. It's to put out the sound of the voice. Today, Lord, we come against every fiery dart of the enemy and we say it's quenched and that it's scattered and that it's shattered in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray today that you'd give me this word, that it would be deposited into the soil of the hearts of these people or that you'd give me the anointing of Samuel, that not one word that I speak would fall to the ground. Thirsty. Thirsty. Jesus says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. Hunger plus thirst. What happens with that formula? You shall be filled. If you're looking for filling, there's a simple formula. It's called hunger and thirst. The church has gotten really good at the hunger part. We're hungry for a move of God. We're hungry for revival. We desire something more. That's why you're gathered here today, because you're hungry for something. But we failed at the thirst part. We have not received the full outpouring or the filling because we haven't fulfilled the formula of being both hungry and being thirsty. Come on, somebody. Hunger and thirst equals filled. You don't get this body from not being hungry. I've worked hard on this one. Apostle Tim and Pastor Carol made the terrible mistake a few years ago of taking me to a restaurant called Jag's. My God. I got a table there now. It's got my name carved in the side of it. I'm good at the hunger part. Not so good at the thirst part. My wife is a workout fiend. She... She drinks all the water she's supposed to, and I very rarely drink water. I mean, to the point where I told her one time I was trying to wean myself off of water. If it's not brown, I don't want it. There's water in coffee, I promise. There's water in Diet Coke. But I never find myself drinking water, and she's one of those people who always has a cup with her. You know those people? You know, always have a cup with them. So she's, she's gone through the popularity of the cups, okay? So she got, the, first of all, she got the Yeti cup when it first came out. And everybody had it. Remember that? When everyone first got that Yeti cup, she had that one. And then she graduated to the hydro flask. Everybody got that one with the screw on lid, right? And she tried to get me on board. So every time she bought a cup, she bought me one. So I've got, I've got this kitchen with like 40 cabinets in it. And about 28 of them are full of water cups. We don't eat at home. I mean, there's only two of us, but we got plenty of water cups. You come over, you're going to have whatever kind of cup you want. You want a straw? You got it. You want it screwed on? You got it. You want one hot and cold? You got it. You want the sixty, the sixty liter when you got. It. You want the gallon size? We got it. We're just full of cups. And she bought me the hydro flask, and guess what? I never used it. She's like, you got to get your water intake in. You got to get more water. You know, I'm, you know, you're supposed to drink a gallon of water a day. That's impossible. (laughs) That's, That's impossible for me. I mean, she does it somehow. But I've realized that people that desire to not be thirsty learn how to drink before they're dehydrated. I don't wait till I'm starving before I go get something to eat. But oftentimes I'll find myself working and it'll be lunch and I'm like, I haven't even had a drink yet today. I'm thirsty. I'm looking at some people this morning that the Spirit told me are thirsty. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, you look thirsty. You look thirsty. <laughs> After she got the hydro flask, she's like, you've got to get this water in. So she bought me a thing called a Hydra light. It's a water bottle that lights up when you're supposed to drink out of it. She actually made me take the battery out of the little part because the light was always on. Have it on the nightstand at night and it's glowing the whole room up. It looks like Las Vegas in the master bedroom because I'm not drinking enough water. Because I'm thirsty, but I don't realize that I'm thirsty. I'm satiated from being full of food, but I don't realize that I need a drink of water. I'm both full and empty at the same time. I've become an expert at the hunger part, but I'm still learning the thirsty part. You can actually go much longer without food than you can without water. A survivalist will tell you that you can go about three minutes without oxygen. You can go about three days without water. But you can go about three weeks without food. And I've put my emphasis on the hunger part, not realizing how important the thirst part really was. Because the hunger gave me drive. When I fed myself, it gave me something to push me to the next level. So I grew accustomed to eating, but I did not grow accustomed to drinking. When he says you must hunger and thirst to be filled... I want to be filled. Anyone in this room want to be filled? Apostle Tim's been preaching about a second Pentecost. Man, I want to be filled. I don't want to be half empty. I want to be a cup that runs over. And I'm realizing if I want to be filled, I have to hunger and I have to thirst. Hunger equals desire. Think about a woman who's pregnant. She gets the weirdest cravings ever. Right now, Devin, who's probably working the sound or something right now, working the the lights, his wife's hungry all the time because she's pregnant. And she's telling him to get things for her that he's never even thought she would ever want because she has a, a different desire. Hunger equals desire. But thirst equals desperation. David said it this way. He said, as the deer penneth for the water brook, so does my soul longeth after thee. In a dry and a barren land where no water is, my soul longs after you. We've been so hungry to change a nation. We've been so hungry to see the hand of the Lord move in our country, in our ministries, in our lives. He's saying, don't forget about the desire. You've got the desire. Don't forget about, don't forget about, don't forget about the desperation. Remember those times when it was just me and it was just you. Oh man, he's been taking me back. You remember when the alarm clock went off at four in the morning because you just had to spend an extra hour with me? Those times of intimacy when it was just you and it was just me before we learned all the tricks of the trade, before it was before it was lights and it, before it was followers, before just take me back to me and you and intimacy. It's not that that part's bad. It's just you have to have the hunger and you have to have the thirst. I got a word for you today. You're thirsty. I'm thirsty. We're thirsty. Apostle Tim called me yesterday. He couldn't talk, so he had to text me. And I, had a, I already had a sermon prepared for next week. And as soon as he texted me, Holy Spirit downloaded this word. Before I said yes, I was like, let me move some stuff around. Lord. <laughs> when I say moves above, I'm like, Lord, is it right? Is this my assignment? Because he taught me, Pastor Tim taught me a long time ago, don't take speaking engagements, take assignments. So I said, Lord, is this my assignment? And the Holy Spirit immediately dropped this word into me. And he said, You're thirsty. And I said, Yeah, I know. He said, They are too. And they are too. Watching. The church is thirsty, people are thirsty. We're fulfilled, but we're not satisfied. We're satiated, but we're not quenched. We're full, but we're empty. You have to both eat of his flesh and drink of his blood to have part in his kingdom. Today, he's inviting you to a well, saying, Come. His words are spirit, and his words, their life. Recently, I was at a restaurant, and it was my birthday, so my wife always wants to take me out and spoil me for my birthday. We don't have any kids. We've been married 16 years, so she took me out to this restaurant. She said, order whatever you want in the menu. I said, what's the most expensive thing on this menu? She got a bonus, and I'm going to spend it all. So they had a Wagyu porterhouse, and I'm like, absolutely. If you went with Apostle Tim, he would have ordered that rare. If you would have went with Pastor Carol, she would have ordered that extra well done. I'm in the middle, medium. (laughs) So I ordered this porterhouse medium, and the food was excellent. Everything was perfect. It was unbelievable. It melted in my mouth. It was so good. So good. You know, in my entire life, I've never sent anything back at a restaurant. I'm easy to please. So easy. I'm not going to complain, and I'm going to tip you a minimum of 20%. I'm a good tipper. But in this case, this was a very expensive meal. All the food was perfect. But most of the time during the meal, my drink was empty. I'm a heavy drinker. Any heavy drinkers in the room? And we're talking about not alcohol. We're talking about soda, you know, water. Oftentimes when you go to a nice restaurant, the first thing to do is hand you a wine menu, right? And if you turn down the wine menu, they don't like it. Because they want to upcharge you, right? So they, I'm sitting at this fancy restaurant, they're like, what can, we, what, what can we pair with your Wagyu porterhouse? I said, oh, I'd like to have a nice pairing of a large Diet Coke. <laughs> I know it's bad for you. I'm addicted, I'm sorry. So I'm three or four glasses into Diet Coke. <laughs> and I can tell the server's getting frustrated, you know. She don't want to keep filling up my Diet Coke. So here I am with this very expensive, exquisite meal before me, And I cannot enjoy it because I don't have anything to drink. And I thought to myself... We have been served such a beautiful platter. Such an amazing spread has been given to us. But oftentimes we're sitting there not able to enjoy where we're at because we don't have a drink. It wasn't that the steak wasn't prepared right. It wasn't that the food wasn't perfect. It was that I didn't have a drink so I couldn't enjoy it. Many of you are in the middle of the greatest meal the ministry of Jesus Christ has ever seen. But you cannot enjoy it because you're too thirsty. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. I always want drink in my glass. You can be right where you want to be, doing whatever your heart desires, and not enjoy it because you're thirsty. Judges chapter 15, verses 14 through 19 in the New Living Translation. Bible says this, as Samson arrived at Lehi, the Philistines came shouting in triumph, but the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon Samson and he snapped the ropes on his arms as if they were burnt strands of flax and they fell from his wrists. Then he found the jawbone of a recently killed donkey. He picked it up and killed 1,000 Philistines with it. What a great battle. What a great victory. Then Samson said, I think he sang it. With the jawbone of a donkey, I've piled them in heaps. With the jawbone of a donkey, I've killed a thousand men. When he finished his boasting, he threw away the jawbone, and the place was named Jawbone Hill. I think prophetically the church is in this place right now. We've had the jawbone in our hand, and we've slown our, slew our thousands. We've seen the enemy around us scatter. We've seen, them, we've seen them fall to their knees. When they were supposed to overtake us, something came upon us, and we were able to take them out. I think we're in that place right now as a church. But I think we've also entered into this next part. Samson was now very thirsty, verse 18 And he cried out to the Lord, You have accomplished this great victory by the strength of your servant. Must I now die of thirst and fall into the hands of these pagans? As soon as it, right after the victory, right after it feels like we finally made progress, all of a sudden, I'm so thirsty I'm going to die. Did you really let me just win this victory so that I can sit here and die of thirst? Do you know you can be in the middle of the ocean with water all around you and die of thirst because you don't have the right stuff around you? If you drink salt water, it actually makes you thirstier. And I feel like the church has been on the boat and there's been water all around us, but we've been so thirsty, we say, did you bring us here to let us die? Are we going to die of thirst after this great victory? And Samson did what the children of Israel did. Children of Israel get to the Red Sea, right? Pharaoh behind them, Red Sea in front of them. Moses pulls out his staff and lifts it, and the waters part. They walk through on dry ground. After they walk through, uh, the, the Egyptians try to follow them, and the water carries them down the sea. Great victory. The Bible says that Miriam, that she gets so excited, she pulls out her tambourine and she begins to sing a song. The horse and the rider has fallen into the sea. And then we immediately see that they say, Moses, did you bring us out here into the desert to die? We want to go back to Egypt. The Bible says that they murmured and they complained. We've seen, oh my gosh, in the last two years, three years, we've seen Red Seas part us. We, wow, we've walked through on dry ground. We didn't even get any mud on our sandals. We've seen enemies behind us that just fell to the wayside. And we're on the other side. And I hear the church right now. I hear it spiritually. I hear you saying, did you bring us out here to die? It's not what I thought it was going to be. And we're in a state of murmuring and complaining because we've learned how to not be hungry, but we haven't learned how to not be thirsty. Come on, say, I'm thirsty. Say it. Say, I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. These are the loaves and fish people. When Jesus is breaking loaves and breaking fish and multiplying food, there's 20,000 seated, right? They're the ones who want to be filled because they're hungry. The Bible never says that Jesus multiplied any drink, He multiplied food. But when Jesus decides to share His drink, He doesn't do it with the 20,000. He gathers the 12 at the Last Supper. And once again, He breaks bread. But this time He says, listen, this is intimate. This This is intimate. Those people were hungry, but they weren't thirsty. So here, take of this bread, it's my flesh. And then he took of the cup, and he passed, he shared his cup. He said, now listen, drink, drink of this. Because you're going to have to fill your hunger, and you're going to have to fill your thirst. Because soon I'm going away, but another comforter is coming. He's the Holy Spirit, and he'll guide you in all ways of truth. But for the formula to work for you to be filled, you have to not only be hungry, you have to be thirsty. The cup equals intimacy. Verse 19. The Bible says, remember we're talking about Samson, he was thirsty. So God caused water to gush out of a hollow in the ground at Lehi. And Samson was, what's the word? revived. We've been looking, we've been searching, we've been so hungry for revival, but we didn't realize it wasn't hunger that revived us, it was thirst. As he drank from the water springing up, the Bible says that Samson was revived as he drank. And I came with a word from the Lord for you today to tell you that you will be revived if you drink. You will come back to life if you drink. You're thirsty. You're in the middle of a battle, but you're thirsty. Samson was revived when he drank 2 Kings chapter 3, verses 5 through 10 in the New Living Translation. If I'm not preaching to anybody else in this room, I'm preaching to myself. I've been hungry for a long time, but I didn't even realize I was thirsty. That's why he says, oh, taste and see. Take a drink, just take one drink and you'll see how good that it really is. Second Kings, verse 5, the Bible says, After Ahab's death, the king of Moab rebelled against the king of Israel. So King Joram promptly mustered the army of Israel and marched from Samaria. On the way, he sent this message to King Jehoshaphat of Judah. The king of Moab has rebelled against me. Will you join me in battle against him? And Jehoshaphat replied, Why, of course, you and I are as one. My troops are your troops, and my horses are your horses. See, this is a gathering. This is what's been happening over the last few years. The ecclesia has been coming together. Listen, we're going against Moab. Are you with me or are you against me? Come on, those who are with me are for me. Those who aren't with me, they're against me. And the church has been mobilizing, we've been coming together. What's the hub? A coming together of all these outside spokes in the middle. And we're saying, are you going or are you not? Are you fighting or are you staying? Are you okay with what's happening? Are you okay with being taken over? Or is there something inside of you that says, there's got to be more and I'll join a force. I'll fight for it. I don't care what it takes. I'll join the force and I'll fight. So King Joram promptly mustered up the army. Then Jehoshaphat asked, what route will we take? We'll attack them from the wilderness of Edom, Joram replied. The king of Edom and his troops joined them, and all three armies traveled along a roundabout route through the wilderness for seven days. But there was no water for the men or their animals. What should we do? The king of Israel cried out. The Lord has brought the three of us here to let the king of Moab defeat us. I see a lot of dehydrated warriors. (laughs) I see a lot of dehydrated warriors that said yes to the battle. That said yes to the feast. But failed to fill their thirst. You need water. You need water. We need water. If I'm going to fight this battle, I need water. I need it. I can't make it. I mean, I have good intentions. I have, I have the right intentions. I, I, I want to see the kingdom of God established on earth. I want to see his kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I've, I've mobilized. I've joined the force. But I'm so thirsty I forgot the water. I've got to have some water. And that's where the church is at right now. We're marching into battle. If you didn't know it or not, you're in the middle of battle. <laughs> this ain't patty cake anymore. This isn't kumbaya Sunday morning anymore. You're in the middle of a battle. You ought to have a sword on your side. You ought to be ready, spiritually speaking. We're in the middle of a spirit of spiritual warfare, right in the middle of battle. And as the Bible says, the sheep are now being separated from the goats. We're seeing a great separation in the church right now. Of those who say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And those who say, as for me and my house, we're going to bow our knee to Baal. We're at a moment of thirst. These three kings brought an army together, but they forgot the water. They're thirsty. I haven't given up the fight yet, but I'm just thirsty. I still want to fight i'm just thirsty david one time in the middle of a battle looked at three of his mighty men and he said this he said man right here in the middle of this warfare i would love to have a drink of water from the well of bethlehem and by the gate i think i'm looking at some people right now in this room saying man right now right in the middle of this battle right in the middle of everything going on in my life I know we have a battle in the nation, but you got a battle in your home too. You got a battle with your children. You got a battle on your job site. Come on. A, life is a struggle sometimes, and right here in the middle of your struggle, we can decree whatever we want to decree to the nation, but sometimes you just got to stop and say, God, this is how I pray. Help! Am I the only one? Come on. <laughs> You're all too spiritual. <laughs> Heavenly Father, I come to you today in the name of Jesus. Sometimes I don't have time, for that. I'm like, dude! I see people in the room right now spiritually saying, help! Do you not see how crazy these children are? I need your help. Do you not see how insane my finances are right now, God? I need your help. Do you not see my family is being torn apart? I need your help. Do do you not see my health right now? They're giving me such a bad synopsis at the doctor. I need your help. I need your help. I'm so thirsty. I need you. And I come with good news. He heard your cry. He heard your cry. And he said, I came with something that will quench your thirst. You don't have to be thirsty anymore. David said, i got to have a drink from something. I'm remembering the taste of the water from the well of Bethlehem. And right now, the Holy Spirit has been reminding, man, I remember how that used to taste. I remember how that used to feel. I remember that old feeling, and I want to feel it again. I want to feel that same thing that I used to feel because I'm thirsty for it. I'm preaching this morning. But we're not in a season of wait. We're in a season of war. So we've intentionally taken a pause in battle. If you don't see it, we've intentionally taken a pause right now in battle. Just think about it in all aspects of your life. It's been a pause, an intentional pause, Why? Because Holy Spirit is saying in the middle of your battle, in the middle of your warfare, you need a time of refreshing. What happens when you thirst too long? You lose your voice. Even right now, in Oasis and in the ministry around the nation, Holy Spirit's saying, I'm going to give Apostle Tim a pause. Because he's got to be ready for the next part of the battle. You gotta drink before the next one, or you will not make it through the battle. In this season of pause, keep your ear open, but make sure you're drinking from the right will. You may be right in the middle of the fight of your life, but you're thirsty. Don't quit. Don't quit. It's that simple. Listen to me. Don't quit. You're not a quitter, you're a conqueror. Don't quit. You're gonna win, don't quit. Don't stop, don't let the pause become permanent. A lot of churches in the country saw a pause in 2020 and there was no comeback. The pause was permanent. Don't let this pause become permanent. It's for your good. There's a purpose to your thirst. He says, I'm going to give you a time of refreshing. I want to prophesy to everyone in this room and everyone watching by internet right now. You're about to walk into a season of refreshing. (laughs) You ought to be more excited about it than that. Come on, some of y'all have been so worn down for so long. Say, man, my body is worn out. My spirit is worn out. My mind is worn out. I don't know how much more I can take. Holy Spirit said, welcome to your season of refreshing. It's here. You're about to be refreshed. You're about to be in the middle of your desert. You're about to find your oasis. You know, in the desert, when you're thirsty, sometimes something happens called a mirage. You get so thirsty that you see things that aren't really there. Holy Spirit just reminded me, you've been seeing things that aren't really there. You've been so thirsty, you've been seeing things that aren't really there. he says, just wait a moment. (laughs) The real thing's here. Mmm. The real thing. You're about to walk into the real. You've never tasted water like this before. You've, You've never tasted anything like this before. These kings went into battle, and they had no water 2 Kings chapter 3, verse 11. The Bible says this But King Jehoshaphat of Judah asked, Is there no prophet of the Lord with us? If there is, we can ask the Lord what to do through him. One of King Joram's officers replied, Elisha, son of Shaphat, is here. He used to be Elijah's personal assistant. Go down to verse 14. Elisha replied, As surely as the Lord Almighty lives, whom I serve, I wouldn't even bother with you except for my respect of King Jehoshaphat of Judah, the king of praise. Now bring me someone who can play the harp. While the harp was being played, the power of the Lord came upon Elisha. Some of you need to find yourself in a room with your harp in your hand. (laughs) Man, I love David. David's got a psalm that says this. He said that he's prepared my Hands for war and my fingers for battle. David was a man that fought with a sword, but he was also a man who fought with a harp. Remember, do you remember when King Saul had had evil spirits come against him? Little boy David comes into the palace with a harp. And he plays, and the evil spirits go away. Many of you right now in this time of refreshing, what you need to do is pull out your harp again. You need to be like Miriam that pulled out the tambourine. you got to find yourself in intimacy again in worship with him. Elisha said, where's a harp player at? Get me in his presence. I know what it takes to get there. Somebody start to play something. And the harp player began to play. The power of the Lord came on Elisha. And he said, this is what the Lord says. And I believe this is a word for you. This is what the Lord says. This dry valley will be filled with pools of water. (laughs) You will see neither wind nor rain, says the Lord, but this valley will be filled with water. Come on. You'll have plenty for yourselves in your cattle and other animals. But this is only a simple thing for the Lord, for he'll make you victorious. See, this is the next step. Right now we've been on the pause. Then we get the refreshing, right? The water comes in. Then here's the next step right here. Here it is. Ready? He will make you victorious over the army of Moab you will conquer the best of their towns even the fortified ones you'll cut down all their good trees you'll stop up all their springs and you'll ruin all their good land with stones (laughs) that's what you're walking into get excited about it after the refreshing comes the victory there's been a reason why you've been thirsty because after the water comes you're gonna walk into your greatest victory We're accumulatively about to see victory if we'll make it through the season of refreshing. Come on, say I'm thirsty. Say I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty, and I know what comes after the water. If I'll just endure for just a little while longer, if I can just press through a little while longer, I'll see water that fills this valley. This valley of dead, dead, dry bones will live again. Hey! I'm excited about it. Whew! Excited about it. This valley will be filled. Verse 20. The next day, at about the time when the morning sacrifice was offered, water suddenly appeared. <laughs> oh, man, it's coming. This isn't a tiny wave, as Apostle Tim says. <laughs> this is a tidal wave. Oh, man. Do you, do you prophetically hear this, Hear the roar and the sound of the coming wave? I hear it. Oh, I hear it coming. But many of us have been so battle-worn that, oh, I don't know if I can make it another step. We're so thirsty we came into battle. He said, just listen. The wave is coming. And it's coming suddenly. Not 10 years from now. Not 20 years from now. The Bible says, Tomorrow. Tomorrow, you don't even have to be thirsty one more day. Tomorrow, there's going to be plenty of water for anything that you need. You want to talk about an outpouring? The Bible said when the day of Pentecost was fully come, that they were all together in one mind in one place. And suddenly, there came a sound from heaven, like as a mighty rushing wind that filled the house wherewith they were sitting. And cloven tongues of fire fell upon each of them, and they were all filled This wave's coming to baptize you once again in the Holy Spirit and with fire. You need some power behind your word. You need some power behind your action. And Holy Spirit says, listen, the wave's coming if you'll just sit still for one more day. Most historians say that the people in the upper room were there for nine days praying before the Spirit came. We know 120 were there when the Spirit descended how many were there when it started? Thousands were with him in the desert. Hundreds were with him when he would sit and teach. Multitudes were around him at all times. How many started in the upper room? And how many endured to? F- how many people quit on day eight? Because they were thirsty. Not knowing that in just a few moments, the heavens were about to pour out. (laughs) In just a few moments, the heavens are about to pour out, man. Do you sense it? Do you sense it? Do you sense it? We're thirsty. We're so thirsty. I'm tired of being dehydrated. I need a drink from a well. John 19. I'm going quickly. Verse 26, the Bible says this. When Jesus therefore saw his mother, this is at crucifixion, and the disciple whom he loved standing by, he said this to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to his disciple being John, Behold your mother. And from that hour that disciple took her Mary to his own home. After this, Jesus knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. If our Lord and Savior got thirsty right before the end of the battle, <laughs> what well, makes you think you're not? Do you, see this, do you see the pattern? Battle comes, middle of battle, thirst comes, after thirst comes victory. There's seven sayings of Jesus on the cross. This is saying number six. I thirst. You know what the next saying is? It is finished. (laughs) You want to finish well? You got to make it through the thirst. Man, this is a word this morning. This is a word this morning. You want to finish? You got to make it through the thirst. But how can someone who calmed a raging sea with the sound of his voice need water. How can living water be thirsty? How can Jacob's well be dry? How is the one with the voice that sounds like many waters how is he parched and need a drink? How does that happen? Because he's stuck between what remember the garden? Remember in the garden he's praying? And the Bible says he's trying to get Peter, James, and John to pray with him, and those lousy bums fell asleep. They just kept sleeping, you know. (laughs) Jesus is praying his heart out, right? And the Bible says that he gets gets so intense. He's, He's so intense that his sweat begins to fall like drips of blood. And he says this Please let this cup pass from me. Please. My will is to not do this. Please let this pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. He's in in a place between what he wants and what the Father wills. He's between desire, right? Hunger equals desire. And thirst equals desperation. And many people in the room right now are But my desire, but I'm desperate. And Jesus, hanging suspended from earth, but not quite in heaven, as if he were not fit for either one, is stretched out between desire and desperation. And he says, I'm thirsty. I thirst. I'm thirsty. The Bible said that after this, Jesus knowing that all things were now accomplished. He, I, 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 I've already healed the sick. I've already raised the dead. I've already multiplied loaves and fish. I've have a, I, I walked on the water to them. I did everything I was supposed to do. But I'm in the middle of this battle and I feel like I'm going to give up. I'm, in the middle, I'm, right at, I'm close to the end, but I feel like I'm, I'm not going to make it. I'm between desire and I'm between desperation. They've already plucked out my beard. They've already put a faux crown of thorns on my head. They've already nailed me to this cross as if I were a criminal when I'm really supposed to be a reigning king. Ah, what am I? What is going on here? And in the middle of that, Jesus says, I thirst. I'm thirsty. You see, we, many of us want vision, but we don't want the vinegar. They didn't give him water. They put, they put vinegar on a sponge, on hyssop. There's struggle. If, I, if anyone ever comes to you and says that once you say yes to this kingdom lifestyle, you're not going to have struggle, they're lying to you. Matter of fact, the warfare sometimes intensifies. You know that. It intensifies. If Jesus Himself struggled toward the end, it's it's not a sin for you to struggle. It's not a sin. He never knew, he who knew no sin became sin. It's not a sin for struggle. It's a sin for you not to push through to conquer. It's a sin for you to not finish. And Jesus knew that if I just fulfill this thirst. What's that what's that scripture there say? After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, comma, that the scripture might be fulfilled, comma, said, I thirst. He knew he had to be thirsty, because in the book of Psalms, I think it's chapter 69, David is David has a messianic psalm. And he said, They gave me bad food when I was hungry. And they gave me sour wine when I was thirsty. He said, every other prophecy about me has been accomplished. There's one more left. I got to drink the sour. I got to thirst and I got to drink the sour wine. And he did it. And he said, it's finished. After this thirst comes finish. Your thirst has a purpose. But your thirst is an indicator of your finish. You're right on the precipice. I don't think you believe me. I felt that. But we've been saying that for so long. We've been preaching about revival for so long. We've been preaching about a shift in the nation for so long. I I just don't believe it. Then you're stuck in your paws. Come on. Jacob's well has opened up saying, come and drink. Come and drink. You don't have to be thirsty anymore. You don't have to thirst anymore. Blessed are you who hunger and thirst after righteousness. You know why? Because you're going to be filled. There's definitely going to be thirsty moments in your life. John 4, 4, I'm closing this thing. Not quite yet. (laughs) Felt the spirit shift me for a moment. Chapter 4, verse 4, the Bible says this. But he needed to go through Samaria... Jesus, so he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, set thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. Why did she come to to draw water? Because she was thirsty. A thirsty woman shows up at a well, and Jesus says, give me something to drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you being a Jew ask of a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Then Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked of him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you don't even have anything to draw with, and this well is very deep. Where then do you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? She didn't even realize she was speaking to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Who, are, you, are you greater than Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as well as his son and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to, said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I I may not thirst, nor have to come here again to draw. Jesus essentially said to her, You drink from here, you get free refills. You drink from here, and it's an unlimited supply. And she says something to him. She says, dude, you don't even have a bucket. You don't have a bucket, guy. She didn't know that the bucket was her. Jesus said, I'm looking at the bucket. You're the bucket. You're just empty. And I don't want water from that well. This is the well you're supposed to drink from. I'm looking at some buckets in the room this morning. How do I how, how how do I how do I quench my thirst? Make sure your buckets empty and ready to be filled with the right water. The right water. He didn't say you'll never feel thirsty. He said you'll never be thirsty. You don't have to thirst. You don't have to take sips. There's a deluge. <laughs> There's plenty. All you could ever need. All you have to do is drink. Every one of us get thirsty. Thirsty for success. Thirsty for business. Thirsty on social media. It's a term that my that generations under me are now using. Thirsty. What's that mean? I'm searching for likes on social media. I'm trying to get people to like my posts. I'm trying to, trying to boost myself. There's a generation that's so thirsty. But they're drawing from the wrong will. They're waking up in the morning saying, oh, how many people like the picture? Oh, oh my, I've got, I've got 160 shares. Oh, i got 100,000 followers. Oh, oh. And they're search They're searching. They're searching for something to quench their thirst. But that water will never satisfy. In your career, if I can only make this much, if I can only do this, if I can only get that house, if I can only drive that car, that water will never satisfy. It continues to make you thirsty. Jesus said, if you come and drink of this, you'll never, ever, ever have to be thirsty again. You've been drinking from the wrong well. You've been looking for a thirst quencher, when in reality, it's me. Come unto me, all of you who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I'll be your time of refreshing. There's only one well that you need, and it's the only one that satisfies. Verse 39. 39. Jesus talking to the woman, tells her everything she know, that he knows about her. You know, You know the story. Five husbands living with one that's not. She says, I perceive that you're a prophet. Oh, okay. <laughs> she goes back into the town and tells all the men of the city. Verse 39. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word of the thirsty woman who testified. He told me all that I ever did. If one woman can shift an entire region because of her thirst, these hundreds of people here, what can we shift with our thirst? (laughs) What can we shift if we just find the water? What can we shift? I think I'm in the room with some thirsty people who can shift the nation. I think I'm in the room with a thirsty ecclesia that, with the sound of their voice, can shift the nation. Do you remember when the children of Israel were in the desert and on Mount Horeb? God tells Moses to strike the rock at Mount Horeb and water flowed from the rock. Do you remember that? He struck it. We've been striking, we've been striking, we've been striking. We get into the desert a little farther and manna starts falling from heaven, right? Our hunger's filled from something falling. God tells Moses again to get a rock, but this time he doesn't say strike it. He says, Moses, Speak to the rock, and water will come out of it. Moses doesn't understand the formula. He said, but back in Horeb, I struck the rock, and it worked. So he pulls the rock out, and instead of speaking to it, instead of decreeing to it like we've been being taught from Apostle Tim, instead of using our mouth as a weapon, Moses gets his staff again, and he hits the rock. And God immediately doesn't allow him to walk into his finish that's what, that's what kept Moses and the children of Israel from walking into their destiny is they tried to use an old formula to do a new thing. The season of strike is over. The season of speak is now. you got to learn how to use your voice, and waters are about to, about to flow out of things you never even knew they would come out of. But don't strike the rock. Speak to it. Come on. Don't, don't strike your children. <laughs> speak to them. Don't get stricken by the sickness. Speak to it. Don't get stricken by your financial situation. Speak to it and watch the water come out of something that's not supposed to have water come out of it. I'm prophesying to you. Water's about to flow out of places you didn't even think it could come from. Welcome to the season of water. Come help me, Rachel. John chapter 7. Verses 37 through 38. In the last day, that great feast, Jesus stood and cried saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Anyone in this room today thirsty? Did I come to the right church this morning? I'm speaking to the right people this morning. Did the Holy Spirit lie to me when he spoke to me and told me that you were thirsty? No. I'd go as far as saying that 100% of the people in this room, 100% of the people watching online are thirsty. And Jesus himself said, If any man thirst, if anybody's thirsty, Let him come to me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. What do you need? You need a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you're thirsty in this room this morning, Say, I don't know if I can make it to the next part of the battle, even though you just told me that we're gonna win after it's done. If you're thirsty, he says, I got something for you to drink. Do you feel that? Do you feel the Holy Spirit in the room? They have already been filled with the Spirit filling is continual I pray over you cups that run over I feel a different anointing in the room this morning there's an anointing to be filled in the room this morning There's new wine from heaven searching for a new wine skin. He's saying I want to fill you. But you can't put it in the old skin. It's got to be a new one. I'm thirsty. Come on, tell him, I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. Revelation chapter 22, closing, verse 16. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David. I am the bright and the morning star. And the spirit and the bride say, come. Let him who hears say, come. And let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. Father, today we're a people who hungers and we're a people who thirsts after righteousness, knowing now that it's your desire to fill us. We want to be filled. We want to be filled. We don't want to be thirsty. We want our thirst quenched. You're the only well that satisfies. Come on, if you're thirsty, stand to your feet this morning. Only the thirsty ones. Only the thirsty ones. You don't have to beg for it. You don't have to plead for it. All you have to do is come. The Spirit and the Bride say come. Let him who hears say come. Let him who thirsts say, Come, if you desire, take of the water. Come on, drink. Drink this morning from this well. Come on, drink this morning from the well that never runs dry. Come and taste. I prophesy over you wave after wave after wave of fresh water. You're being renewed by the water of the word. Drink deep. Drink deep. Drink deep. Blessed are those who hunger and those who thirst after righteousness for we shall be filled. Be ye filled with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Anybody feel like they've been filled? Come on. Anybody walking out of this place with a saucer full? Because my cup ran over so much, I have have remnants in the saucer. Father, we thank you today for an open heaven. We thank you today that your oil is being poured out. We thank you today that you invited us to your table. To the table of intimacy. That you allowed us to drink from your cup. We thank you today, Lord, that this battle's not over. But this time of refreshing will catapult us into our finish. In the name of Jesus, the church said. Now listen. He doesn't ever fill you just so that you remain filled. He fills you so that you can pour out. That's that's, that's why we gather. We don't gather for you to just get so fat with the filling that one day you're so big, you're so filled up that you make it to heaven. You're filled so that you can pour out. The Samaritan woman took herself as a bucket to who she knew in town, the men. She's like, women don't like me. (laughs) Not them. She being the bucket, went into her town and she poured herself out. Go into your sphere and pour yourself out. This week. This week. This week. Now may the Lord bless you. And may the Lord keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you. May he establish you and give you peace. And the church said, have a great week. Come on.